get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. We're talking blues hockey. It's the Joey Vitale Report on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by The Electrical Connection. When you need quality electrical work for your home or business, visit electricalconnection.org. Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. Very happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by our friend of the Blues Analyst for 101 ESPN and the Blues Radio Network. He's Joey Vitale joining us here on the show. Joey, how you doing today, man? Joey, Joey, Joey. Hey, boys. Doing great. Just coming home from the rink right now. Great morning to skate. And uh, looking forward to this matchup here tonight. We're doing well. Thanks for having Absolutely. Um, Joey, I did want to ask you, the big news today, uh, unfortunately, is the loss of Tory Krug for uh, apparently it's a week to week injury. The Blues earlier today, as you saw, went with Nick Letty and Colton Pareko as that top pair. They've got Scandella with Falk and then Mikola in Bortuzzo. How, how much of a loss is this for the Blues? And do you think they're going to be able to make up for it with Nick Letty? Yeah, I do. I think they're going to make up for it just fine. You know, I think if there's a, a, a replaceable player for Tory Krug, it is probably Nick Letty in the league. Honestly, it's, it's so crazy that we got him, and then the same game, Tory Krug goes out. I love the way Nick Letty kind of subbed in there on that power play top unit in that Washington game. Pete uh, BK looked very calm, very poised, being the quarterback at the top of the key with all those veteran players. On that top unit, quite frankly, that have been together a very, very long time. So I think he settled in very nicely. Uh, from the, the intangibles to the tools, I think you're looking at a very, very similar player as far as the puck movement, how he puts the puck on the tape of the players. He's quick and up and out of the zone in a hurry. doesn't like to spend too much time in the defensive zone. So uh, from a, from a stand-back set here, I think you look at this replacement for Tory Krug, although he will be missed in a lot of ways, I think Nick Letty would be would be a good player to kind of fill in and, and take over for him. Joe, I know we don't want to speculate on, on what Tory Krug's going through, but it did look like when we've seen the replays that it was either a hand or a finger or something like that. I'm sure you've been through this before as a hockey player. How tough of an injury is this for Tory Krug? Yeah, you know, you know, obviously it's the upper body. You know, uh, I looked at the play a couple times again. I, You know, it, it kind of doesn't look like there was much there. Um, from a hack or whack standpoint, you, know, you almost wonder if it's something that's been kind of nagging him for a little while here. So, you know, from an upper body standpoint, is it, is it frustrating? Yes. Is it really frustrating? No. I think from a player standpoint, to your question, Alex, anything anything upper body is, is correctable, right? It's something you can kind of work through. At least you can still skate. At least you can get down the bike, do some workouts. I mean, the really tough injuries, especially this time of the year, 
are the knees, uh, the high ankle sprains, which we see a lot in the sport, which the Blues have dodged a lot of bullets on, I think, this year, knock on wood. Uh, but a lot of high ankle sprains, those are the ones that really trip you up. We got to take such good care of them. And even when you come back, it's one little tweak that can kind of throw it off. So anything upper body is certainly uh, unfortunate, but I think it's something that Tory Krug, hopefully week to week, will be able to come back and be in a good position for this team uh, with hopefully five, ten games remaining as you can kind of make that, that segue into the playoff setting. So, Joe, with, without Tory Krug in the lineup, what do you think Mike Van Ryan's looking for as an identity player with Justin Falk? Because, I mean, for so long, Falk and Krug made that great tandem of moving the puck out of their zone quick through transition. But now is he going to have to alter that identity with a little bit more stay-at-home defensive style with either Scandella or Mikola? No, I don't think so. I think that, you know, this coaching staff, you know, after talking to Craig Berube, and he kind of confirmed it this morning, uh, they're really big on one thing I've noticed, and that's just letting the players play. You know, I I think that we give the coaches a lot of credit, uh, but I think the credit for the coaches here in St. Louis should be about how much freedom they give these players who are really good. I mean, keep in mind, these these are some of the best in the world, and I think that we look too deep into coaching. I certainly do at times where, oh, they're bringing the best out of the player or they're, they've changed a, a line, or they've done something differently, and, and now they're winning. But I think that this coaching staff in particular, to Mike Van Ryan and Craig Bruby's point, is that they just allow the players just to go out there and do their thing. So to your question about Mike Van Ryan and what he's got to tell Justin Falk or, or, or Nick Letty, for example, I think it's actually not that much. I think they're just going to go out there and, and just play you and be you. And then I think you know Craig Bruby kind of hit on it a little bit this morning about the success of the power play. You know, I think someone in the, in the scrum was asking about, was it Steve Ott? Did Steve Ott play a big role into why this power play is so good? And, and Craig Bruby pretty much just said that, yeah, although he's got great knowledge of it, he also is just a really good communicator and just allows those players just to go out there and be creative, look for plays. I mean, they're hockey players. They've been hockey players the whole life. Let them kind of do their thing. So I would imagine the conversation with Justin Falk tonight seems to be something similar to that. Joey Vitale is our guest for another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Joey, we talked about Colton Pareko a little bit earlier today, and in his last 18 games, he's a plus 20 on the ice. That's going back to February 10th, and in that stretch, he has the best plus minus in the league. Now, I know plus minus can be a skewed statistic, but in that stretch, he's playing 24 minutes per game. He's just played really well, and he looks like a legit number one defenseman for the Blues. What have you noticed that has led to this success for Colton Pareko? Is there anything specific that you can put your your finger on? You know, I BK, I without talking to Colton, so I can't confirm this. I think this is probably the healthiest he's been in a couple of years. I think you know, last year the, the back and the knee injury really set him back, and I think even to start this season, he was kind of working out the kinks. You know, he went through the grind of the year. I think he was still kind of battling here and there with stuff, but right now, this is the healthiest he's looked, and I can say that because this is the best he's skated. So to answer your question about how much success he's having, he's never skated this good probably in the last two seasons, at least in my mind. The way he can break the puck out single-handedly with the puck on a stick without necessarily moving it all the time, just moving his feet with the puck, get up and out of the zone. Uh, not only that, but he'll dump the puck in, he'll be in on the forecheck. You know, he'll make a mistake. He's one of the first ones back. If his partner gets caught, he can still break up a play. I mean, the way he chugs his legs, the way he can move, how effectively and efficiently he can get there with his legs, but also the reach of his stick, uh, to me, it's just made the biggest difference for him and to why he's been so much successful, especially late, like you mentioned. Joe, speaking of skating, a new look to the fourth line tonight as they get Thomas and Tarasenko back, but uh, McEachern being the healthy scratch and Logan Brown getting that center spot. And I really find this fascinating because Berube has said in the past that they don't view him as a bottom forward but I like the identity of a line that's got some size, it's got some speed, and it's got some ability to create some space. 
Yeah, some definitely some size in the middle with, with Logan Brown, but I love the two fireballs on his wings. You know, as you mentioned, uh, one is like Andre the Giant with Torpinko, <laughs> and then the other one's like a little Danny DeVito and Nathan Walker. <laughs> I mean, on the left side there. So, uh, but they both bring the same thing: energy. And that's what this team needs right now is just energy. You need guys that are going to step over the boards and they're going to make a difference in the game. They're going to either either grab momentum or they're going to keep momentum. One of the two, you have to be a fourth line. You have to do that. You know, Aaron Asham was uh, a player that I play with who perfected the fourth line. And he'd have a couple things he'd say. He didn't say very much. But uh, one thing he did always tell me is that, you know, we're a momentum line. And for this fourth line, for the Blues tonight, they got to be a momentum line. And what does that mean? If you had momentum, you got to step on the boards and you got to keep it. Okay, and one of the hardest things to do is when you don't have the momentum, how are you can go out there and grab it, whether it be a big hit or a great shift, just grinding it out for 40 seconds of the defensive zone, um, you know, getting at the goal, you know, causing havoc, whatever, whatever that looks like. But that, that's what you got to do. Um, so, you know, he had a couple other rules too. He, he said that, you know, on a fourth liner, you never, you never do three things. You never step off sides. Um, you, never, you never get scored against. You never take a penalty. And I, and I always would joke to them, I would say, okay, I get that don't get scored on. And I get that don't take a penalty, but what do you mean offside? He goes, well, because if you step offside, there's a whistle. And you know what happens when there's a whistle, right? I go, yeah, the coach takes us off. He goes, exactly. So we want to play more. <laughs> so step offside. so um, to that point there, that's, that those, are the, those are the three rules of the Aaron Asham, how to survive as a fourth liner in this league. But, you know, I think this fourth line can certainly do some damage here. It, it certainly has um, the size, like you mentioned, with Torpchenko and Brown. It's got the energy between Torpchenko and, and Walker. Uh, Brown has has slid a little bit from a production standpoint. This could be a great opportunity for him to have some great speed on both sides to get in on the forecheck, to hold on the puck down low, to kind of get his game back up and running again. Uh, but I talked to Nathan Walker this morning just on the side. Uh, terrific young kid. Uh, guys are so pumped that he's here. The coach absolutely loves him. It's unfortunate that he's so small and he's a little bit underskilled. That's the only thing that's prevented him from playing a long time in this National Hockey League because from an energy standpoint, he certainly got it. I asked him on the side this morning, I go, well, you know, where, where does your work ethic, where does your passion come from? And a uh, pretty cool story. His, his dad was a carpenter growing up by trade. Uh, now works at the airport. Uh, his mom used to be a cop, but uh, it was his dad, you know, in the carpentry, he used to take Nathan with him. They did a lot of work together, you know, building sheds and work out places together. But he just learned his work ethic from his dad. And so it was really, really cool to kind of hear him talk about his parents and how they kind of instilled that in him because for an undersized kid, uh, very undersized kid in the league, especially nowadays. I mean, look at him compared to Torpchenko. Uh, there's a reason why he's here. There's a reason why he's still successful, and it's because he's just got a motor that doesn't quit. That's fantastic. Hey, Joe, I'm curious. Aaron Ashram gave you that great advice on the fourth line. Who gave you better advice, Aaron or Paul Bissonette, when he told you never blanking dump the puck in? Oh, my God. Yeah, those are – I had, I had a, some learning curves, of course, <laughs> with some veterans um, <laughs> in the league between those two and – Jesse Bolaris, who we had a scoring chance in one of our first games, I played with Jesse Bolaris, who was a killer. And then when he came off the bench and he said, see, we can do that every shift. I was like, oh, boy, that's, that's a pretty <laughs> tall task, uh, Jesse. I don't know if we can, we can live up to that. Uh, you know what? No, there was some good advice. There was also some shenanigans. I, I played with Paul a long time, obviously, and, and we had some, some great things he said. He also said some very curious things, like he, he, he claimed that, if ever he was attacked by a bear in the woods, he would survive. And when we challenged him on it, he said, yeah, I would just find a big like sequoia or big like round timber tree. And then, um, of course, we're all like, well, what are you going to do next? He's like, well, basically, wherever the bear goes, I'll just go the other way. <laughs> so you just kind of distance yourself from the bear. So And we're like, okay, so if the bear goes like around the tree to the right, you're going to go left. He's like, yeah, you basically like just keep the tree between you he, guys. He was dead serious. He's like, you just keep the tree between you and the black bear. And then, 
and then you're fine. Like you're not, he won't, he just won't get you. Eventually he's probably just going to get tired and hungry and, and then he's just going to, he's going to run off. So as well as Paul's taught me a lot of great things in life, he's also taught me a lot of stupid things in life. And I, and, and trying to decipher the two of them uh, has certainly always been a challenge, even to this day. Joey, you're the absolute That's best. Awesome. It's a treat to speak with you each and every week. All the best to you, man. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk with you again next week. Sounds good, boys. Have a great week.